Tuesday morning to you, Oregon. I'm Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon Podcast. Since it is Tuesday, this is an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode several years ago. Thanks for downloading, and I sure hope you enjoy it. This story was first published on February 7th of 2016 under the headline, Doomed Schooner's Crew Locked in Race Against Fiery Death. Here we go. The three-masted, 279-ton schooner Challenger was in horrible shape when Captain Harriman of the Columbia River Lightship spotted her, pounding through the seas toward the madly turbulent bar of the Columbia River on the stormy afternoon of November 5th, 1904. Her mainsails hung in rags from the yardarms, torn to strips by the violent winds, and yet the crew made no attempt to furl the remaining canvas. Everything about the ship bespoke a desperate haste, and she was flying distress flags. The following morning, there was no sign of the schooner. Everyone assumed that the powerful storms had driven her northward. Still, the captain of the bar tug Tatouche managed to cross the bar during a fortuitously timed lull in the storm to meet up with Harriman. The Tatouche, by the way, was the same tug that would, seven years later, win renown for its daring rescue of 49 people aboard a steam schooner stranded on Peacock Spit. They soon figured out what the trouble was. They couldn't know for sure, but it all added up. The ship had obviously been fighting her way through some terribly heavy weather, the kind of weather that can cause timbers to work loose and leaks to spring in hulls. And the challenger, they happened to know, was carrying a load of unslaked lime. Unslaked lime was a very dangerous cargo to have aboard in a bad storm. Everything was fine until the stuff got wet. Then it would react with the water in a powerful exothermic chemical reaction, releasing so much heat that it would set the nearby woodwork ablaze. And because it was water that was causing the problem in the first place, the usual techniques of shipboard firefighting would only make things worse. In a ship full of unslaked lime whose cargo had gotten really wet, there was only one thing to do. Make for shore with all possible speed, get the crew safely off the ship, and flood the hold. That is, scuttle the ship in shallow water so that all the lime can slake at once and hope to refloat it later and make repairs. Of course, that can only be done if it's actually possible to bring the burning ship into a river or estuary, something that is notoriously hard to do off the Oregon and Washington coast during a heavy gale. As the Oregon mariners soon learned, their fears were absolutely correct. The Challenger had put to sea on October 24th, carrying 3,800 barrels of Roach Harbor lime and 150,000 board feet of lumber, essentially tinder and kindling for the slow-burning ocean-going fire that was to come. At first there was no sign of trouble. After a four-day spell of dead calm in the Strait of Juan de Fuca, the wind kicked up, a steady, pleasant breeze out of the northeast, perfect for making rapid headway toward the vessel's destination of San Francisco. And for twelve hours after rounding Cape Flattery, the ship made great time getting almost all the way to the Columbia River. But then the wind shifted to the southwest and blew up into a powerful gale, almost a hurricane. The little ship labored valiantly, tacking into the teeth of the hurricane wind, making precious little headway and being worked over hard by the weather, until November 4th, when Captain H. Nelson 
made a chilling discovery. Quote, I discovered smoke issuing from the cabin, he told the Portland Morning Oregonian. Then I knew the ship was on fire. I crowded on all sail to make port and lost much canvas. This discovery happened just off the northeast corner of Oregon, shortly after the ship had passed the mouth of the Columbia. Captain Nelson brought the ship about immediately and prepared to race northward, looking for a port he could bring his burning ship into. Quote, at noon on the 4th, I was at Tillamook Rock, but could not get in because of the mountainous seas, Nelson recounted. Then I steered for the Columbia River. By this time, no man could stand at the wheel because of smoke and fumes from the lime. I signaled for a Columbia River tug, but the bar was too rough for one to come out. Every minute counted in the Challenger's race against time. The fire, starved for oxygen deep in the ship's sealed hold, was burning slow and hot like a fire in a good wood stove. At any moment, though, it could break through the ship's deck, letting oxygen pour in with the aid of the roaring wind to fan the smoldering flames beneath. When that happened, the crew would have a very short period of time, mere minutes in a worst-case scenario, in which to take to the boats and hope for the best. And lifeboats did not fare very well in storms like the one that was blowing the Challenger around just then. In desperation, the Challenger headed north trying to make Willapa Bay on the coast of Washington, where, if the seas proved impassable, the Challenger would have more of a chance if a last-ditch, desperate beaching run were necessary. At Willapa Bay, the tug Astoria, seeing the smoke and the distress signals, charged to the rescue. In crossing the bar, the doughty tug dug into a massive comber that swept across her deck, knocking Captain Chris Olson down and leaving him badly injured, but his tug managed to make it across the bar and get a line on the now visibly smoking Challenger. Back across the bar, the tug steamed with its stricken rescuee wallowing behind and up into the channel of the Willapa River to South Bend. And that's where Captain Nelson learned how close he and his crew had come to disaster. Quote, Two hours later, flames broke through the cabin, Nelson recounted, and the schooner had to be scuttled. The ship was sent to the bottom in 15 feet of river water, quenching the smoking lime and extinguishing the blazing lumber in a spectacular cloud of smoky steam. Meanwhile, Captain Nelson and his exhausted crew had been hustled off to the local hospital to be treated for smoke inhalation, along with burns and other injuries sustained in their desperate race with time and fire. They also got a good drink for the first time since their fresh water tanks had been breached in the hurricane six days before. As for the Challenger, the following day, inspectors declared her a total loss. The storm had done enough damage that she wasn't worth refloating. So at low tide, when her decks were above the water, salvage crews scrambled over her, stripping off everything of value, and the remains were dynamited to prevent them from becoming a hazard to navigation. Key sources in this story have included works by James Gibbs Jr. and the Portland Morning Oregonian Archives. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. More info is at our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. Offbeat Oregon is a division of Pulp Lit Productions, a boutique publishing house about which more can be learned at pulp-lit.com. Speaking of which, if you enjoy listening to me, you might check out some of my audiobooks. You can find them most easily with a search for my name on audible.com. Most of them are old pulp stuff, H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Rice Burroughs, etc., but at least two of them are offbeat Oregon history type stuff. Check them out if you're so inclined. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com slash cc. 
Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at offbeatorgan.com. Episodes of Offbeat Organ History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.